Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Hashtag, Hashtag Murder. Woo! <laughs> I'm Scar. And I'm Dustin. <laughs> In drag as Alex. <laughs> uh, Alex Dust. It du- is a- Dusty Alex? <laughs> Dusty A. It's not as good as Scardust. No. That's a good one. <laughs> if we ever start one. our own company, we're going to call it Scardust. Scardust. That's yeah, a good one. I know. Oh, man. Uh, we just got back from dinner at the Brophy household. Well, you didn't. I did. Yeah. I came home from my house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was really good. We had a pork belly. Ooh. Yeah. And homemade wings. Mmm. Which we had to cook outside. And then it started torrential oh. downpour. <laughs> yeah. It torrential downpour on me when I was at the grocery store. And uh, my paper bag. Don't yell at me, Whitney. I forgot to use the reusable bag. Um, Your All Wives Matter bag. My All Wives all. <laughs> Listen, uh, that that bag has been commandeered by both cats. Oh shit! Katniss <laughs> really likes it, and then Aww. yeah, and then Newt he also really likes it. And oh. I took it to my dad's house on the fourth to carry all our beach stuff. Yeah, his fucking cat laid on it. <laughs> I think he sent me a picture. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, Nuke who looks like Newt. Oh yeah, that's all my dad's cats. favorite. Tommy, I want to be. I want to live the life of a cat. That lives, no, that lives with empty nesters, because that's what my parents are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoiled rotten. They're fucking spoiled. <laughs> we were talking about cats last night, and I was going through all the cat photos on my phone, mm-hmm. and I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I came across, <laughs> uh, of course, there were a ton of Willow. Yeah. She was a great cat. But I came across the ones of the cat, so... <laughs> happened like i don't know six or seven years ago whenever i was still like crazy and partying constantly Mm -hmm. so i woke up in this apartment and i had no idea where i was but it was a very nice apartment it wasn't like i mean i have woken up in shitty apartments (laughs) like a a skater boy's apartment where you're sleeping on a mattress on the floor in the kitchen yeah Uh, but i woke up in this very like bougie apartment it was in downtown and i was like what is where am i and i look over and let me see if I can find it real quick. I look over and this fucking cat's just staring at me. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Hold, please. It came up whenever I typed in cat earlier. That's the best feature iPhone's ever had. <laughs> this cat. And it's like a majestic cat, too. <laughs> look at her face. She's just so angry. <laughs> she looks like Grumpy Cat. She does. Her name was Myrna. Myrna. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but it turns out I was just at my buddy's house. Um in his boyfriend's house so that was his cat and it's cute it's cute cat <laughs> oh man um but anywho she does have a lot of cat photos on her phone and most of them are of my cat <laughs> yeah most of them are katniss uh and it's funny because katniss and lemon looked almost identical yeah lemon was just a little chunkier <laughs> and she had a little stash she had the hitler stash <laughs> uh but that's literally the only way i could tell them apart yeah. is if they were they're walking or not yeah lemon didn't walk very well she wasn't very coordinated just no, like her mother just like her mom <laughs> Candace is very coordinated and now she is just as fat as lemon was oh she has got a little chunky she's got a little chunky <laughs> she's a chunky girl <laughs> oh man i love it should we start a cat podcast we should <laughs> that should be the name of our cult yeah uh, 
could talk about cats all day. The kitty commune. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the kitty commune. The kitty commune. Commune with a K, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's fun. New mug. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, well, moving on from cats. I didn't read any of the notes, so I'm going to be kind of surprised. Ah, okay, good. Because there's a couple twists and turns in this Ooh. one. And this is another one of those ones. So if I'm here and alone and doing anything true crime is on in the background Mm -hmm. at all times and then you just wait for a trigger word like i do hamburger (laughs) what was the other one uh boobs (laughs) so yeah so the trigger word in this one was hamburger bun (laughs) i was sitting there doing the dishes or folding laundry and i was like oh gotta rewind this one Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but it's very interesting so i'm excited to tell you about the murder of christina sanubain Sanubane. Yeah. It's a cool last name. I know. And Christina's gorgeous. We'll put a picture of her up on the on the Insta. So, Christina was born November 21st, 1979 in Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, Not Des Moines. Des Moines? <laughs> is that a Sagittarius? Um, uh, mm, Googs. Hold on. Sagittarist, more like it. That is the last day of Scorpio. Oh, so they're like... Oh, that's a real bad combination. <laughs> that's you're a terrible sc- combination. <laughs> you're Scorpio, but you're on the cusp of Sagittarius. That's yeah. Awful. That's uh, scary. Fuck that. It's almost as bad as Libra to Scorpio, which is what Kylie is. She's October 24th. No so comment. She's, she's right on the, the old cutoff there. I'm on the cutoff <laughs> of uh, Taurus and Gemini. Yeah, and that's a great combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... yeah. I'm bougie and have multiple personality <laughs> disorder. <laughs> Yay! Yay. Oh, it's so fun being us, guys. It's so fun. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we're in Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines. Des Moines. (laughs) That cracked me up. I was editing that episode. (laughs) I forgot that 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 happened. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, so as a young child, Christina had dreams of working in the news business. She wanted to be a journalist. That's cool. Which is really neat. Um, she was not interested in being a doctor or a lawyer. She just wanted to investigate. Yes, yes girl. Christina. Yeah. Do it. I know. But Christina had to put her dreams on hold as she fell pregnant her senior year of high school. Oh, that's what my brother is. He's a whoopsie baby. The old whoopsie baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so senior year she's pregnant oh okay so as i was watching this you know they have all the talking heads and one was this reporter uh didn't like her didn't put her name down i just don't like her and she was being a little like victim blamey oh i hate those ones especially when they're females that pisses me off i know and she like why was she even in this documentary if she didn't i don't know say nice things about the victim i don't know i hate those yeah so she said quote It seems as if she made some poor decisions in her life, possibly a large amount of drug use, end quote. You know who made some poor decisions? (laughs) Your mother. She should have swallowed you. (laughs) She was just being a bitch. Like, I don't know. I didn't like her. Uh, She does say something at the end that was kind of funny, but like, I don't know. So anyway, Christina drops out of high school. She has her baby, who she names Corbin. That's a cute name. I know and her and baby Corbin move in with the baby's father, Jacob Hadley. Okay. Last name could also be Crossin, 
I don't know why two different sources gave me two different last names for him. Interesting. But it's either Jason, or not Jason, Jacob Hadley or Jacob Crossan. Okay. I don't know. So this wasn't a super great situation for Christina because Jacob was a piece of garbage. Hmm. Uh, he literally beat Christina and he would leave bruises. Okay, little garbage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when asked about the bruises from family members or friends, Christina would just straight up say that Jacob was beating her. And, and no one was like, hey, maybe you should leave him. You yeah. Can stay with me. No one felt the need to intervene, I guess. Or maybe they tried to and she just wasn't listening. I don't really know what the... She would just straight up say, yeah, he's beating me. Wouldn't you like... I don't know why she wasn't leaving yet. And Christina's mother, Linda even said that her daughter just could not leave or stay away from Jacob because Christina was totally infatuated with him. Like, oh, first okay. love. Oh, got me pregnant, my baby daddy. Uh -huh. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. Yeah. So, in 1999, when Christina is around 19 or 20, Jacob actually shoots Christina in the face with a pellet gun. Like the little small ones that had the little uh, metal... Yes! Little balls in them. Yeah. So, Jacob gets a slap on the wrist and spends three days in jail... And Christina spends the next few days at the hospital. Uh, I'm sorry. Shot her in the face. Shot like her in a, the face. A BB gun, essentially. It's essentially a BB gun. Yeah, you can use it for like squirrel hunting and stuff. But like, what? Yeah, no. Three days. And then she had to be in the hospital for probably a week. Yeah, recovering. Yeah. Oh my God. So Christina had this diary. And here's a little excerpt from it. Quote, I can't even begin to express how I feel. I'm so confused right now. Do I really love him? What is it about him that makes me act the way that I do? I don't think I love him the way a woman loves a man, but I do think I love him for being who he is. He is very individualized. He knows what he likes and he shows it. He is very intelligent. He's humorous and can make me smile even whenever I'm upset. He's always looking out for me, even though he does it hurtfully. But then again, he criticizes me and puts me down and physically abuses me. I don't think the main problem is him. End quote. I think it's him. It, it is. It's him. It is, girl. He's the it's not you. It's him. He's a narcissist. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So this is just a little insight into how Christina is feeling about this whole Jacob situation. And I just think this is a case of young love. Like or teenage like, love. Yeah. Know, whatever. In, infatuation. So a little bit later in the diary, Christina says, quote, after three years, I'm starting to realize I was the only one in love, end quote. Yeah, that's, that's teen love. Yeah. Oh, girl. So finally, Christina and baby Corbin move out of the home that they shared with Jacob, and she got a cute little duplex a few miles away. And they moved in on August 31st, 2000, and the address is at 818 10th Street Southwest in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And they live in, like, the front apartment of this duplex. Okay. So she's getting out of the situation. She's left him. Good. Which, as we all know, is one of the most dangerous times whenever you've especially if they've been physically abused and yeah you know that's that's all she's ever known too exactly that's not, a good, that's not a good sign yeah so christina has lived here for four days when one of her friends stops by to say hey and help with unpacking or hanging stuff on the walls just to help her get settled okay and christina had promised to pay him as well for helping her move a few days earlier so he was trying to get his money as well. Oh, it's a boy. It is a boy. Yeah. Mm, all right. We'll get to him in a little bit. So the friend rings the doorbell, but does not get an answer. And the front door was locked. So he looks through the window because he knows Christina is home. And he sees Christina's two-year-old son. And he's alone and crying on the floor. No. Yeah. And this friend thinks that he hears the baby say, quote, mommy's dead, end quote. That's... 
horrific. Yeah. So now the friend springs into action. He removes the screen from the window. He climbs in through the window and makes his way through the home and enters the bathroom. And this is where he finds Christina's body face down, lifeless, in a full bathtub. So the friend runs outside and runs around to the back of Christina's duplex, knocks on the neighbor's door, and instructs the neighbor to call 911. Okay. So the neighbor calls and says to dispatch, quote, I'd like to report a death. I'd like to report a death. What? End quote. And this dispatcher, well, first of all, that's weird. And then the dispatcher sounds like so bored. She's like, <laughs> she she must have skipped that second cup of coffee for the day. You need a third, ma'am. I know. Uh, she, she was not into this uh, guy. But anyways, so emergency services arrive at the scene and Christina is pronounced dead on September 4th, 2000. Four days after she moved into this place. Yeah. And she was 20 years old. Oh, it's just so tragic. And even more tragic, her son, Corbin, may have witnessed the entire thing. That's how Dexter became Dexter. He saw his mom get murdered by mobsters. Really? Or drug dealers, essentially, yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. Surprising no one. I don't remember that. Yes, it's shocking. (laughs) I don't remember that. (laughs) Put that on a coffee cup. (laughs) I swear I was listening. I swear I was listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, so many ideas. Um, Okay. So investigators believe that the initial attack took place in the kitchen. And in this specific crime scene photo, it's super creepy. They keep showing one of the kitchen, but there isn't any blood in the kitchen. But Christina's sandals are sitting on the floor in such a weird way. Like, it looks as if she was just standing there in like kind of a wide stance and then she was just knocked out of her sandals. That's weird. It's really, it's creepy. I'll have to show it to you. It's very chilling. And then the investigators find a metal ring, like one from, like, a frying pan. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I don't know what you would call that, but it's on, like, the handle of it. Yeah. To, like, hang it on stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So they find one of those on the floor next to the kitchen cabinets, and Christina was hit with so much force that it actually knocked out one of her teeth. Her entire tooth. Like, not just, like, a broken, like, chip, like a... Yeah, the whole tooth, like... That's a lot of force. Your teeth are in there. Yeah, root and all. God, it's crazy. So they're assuming that, you know, whoever did this hit her with a frying pan and... That's a lot of, um... uh, What word is going to use? Not force. Well, that is a lot of force. Um, Rage. A lot of rage. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh... Okay, so Christina was then stabbed to death with a knife, but investigators couldn't find the knife anywhere in the home. Okay, so first, she's probably knocked almost unconscious with a frying pan. Yep. And then she's stabbed with a knife. Yep. It's very Catherine Knight-ish. I know. But a man. Yeah. Okay. And, oh, man. And the baby was right there. Also very Catherine Knight-ish. I know. Oh, goodness gracious. So the murderer... Kind of tried to hide his tracks. Like, kind of. There was still blood all over the bathroom. It was covered in blood. And there were even bloody footprints. And they were footprints. They were not shoe Shoe prints. prints. Like he was barefoot. Yes. Or like in his socks. Yeah. So that's weird. (laughs) Gesundheit. (laughs) I don't know. So he like, he he took the knife, but left his bloody ass footprints all over the house. Yes. Where were his shoes? I don't know. Why you got Why you got those shoes on? It was Buck. (laughs) Yeah, it was Buck. (laughs) Oh, the man. That man does even own a pair of shoes. I think so. (laughs) He's gonna wear them to work. Yeah, 
Uh, but yeah, so there's bloody footprints. Super strange. So in the bathroom, <laughs> this is the part that, that piqued my interest. Okay. So in the bathroom, all over the bathroom floor are hamburger buns. Like just They're just like kind of strewn about on the floor. <laughs> hamburger well, buns. Listen, um, <laughs> I got friends with toddlers and I'm not not weirded out by this. That uh, is well. 100% <laughs> something that Mallory's kid would do would just throw hamburger buns everywhere. <laughs> oh, just to just to watch him go. Um but it was so weird and so all the buns were on the floor but the investigators could not find the wrapper for the buns. Well, babies can't have plastic. <laughs> yeah. So she probably took the plastic away and he was just playing with hamburger buns. I don't I don't know. It's really strange. So naturally, the ex-boyfriend/baby daddy, Jacob, is going to be the main suspect well, here. Well, he done fucking did it. I already know. <laughs> I don't even have to know. He done fucking did it. Because, <laughs> yeah, he just shot her in the face with that pellet gun a few days or a few months he earlier. He beating the shit out of her the last three years. Exactly. So, yeah. So, Christina had just left him. She took their child with her. He's been abusing her in the past. So, like, all of these things line up for the classic, the husband did it. Or the boyfriend did it. Okay. So, everyone, including Mama Linda, thought for sure that Jacob had done this to Christina. And the crime scene definitely shows signs that Christina did probably know her killer. There was no forced entry Nothing was stolen, and this was clearly a crime of passion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And once again, this reporter lady that I do not like says that it could have been drug-related. Drug-related? I really don't think it was, ma'am. I really I don't. No, she was dedicated to her child. Yeah. And I don't know where she got this whole hooked on drug theory. I, no one else brought this up. She was the only person who was like, it was drugs. It was drugs. Just shut the fuck up. It's like, not always drugs. Yeah. I don't know. She just seemed really judgy and I was very annoyed to her or by her. Um, but anyway, so at the autopsy, the medical examiner finds evidence that Christina has been sexually assaulted as well as a massive laceration to the neck specifically the left carotid artery which causes a lot of blood loss a lot a lot of blood yeah so blunt force trauma to the lower mouth and right side of the head and a laceration on the lip with the loss of that tooth and that christina had died from massive blood loss were all these like injuries at the same time or could they have been like healing over injuries from when like jacob was beating her um no they were all the same okay they're all same time yeah and the x-rays that they took also showed that metal pellet from whenever jacob shot her in the face with the pellet gun and it was still like lodged in her face um he shot her almost through the eye which is crazy and then i guess they couldn't get it out so it just stayed it was probably more invasive to get it out than it was to like yeah leave it there because a lot of people still have bullets inside of themselves and because it's just too invasive to get it out that's true yeah so i don't know so we all know that the most dangerous time for a domestic abuse victim is like right after they try to leave or they make a plan to leave their abuser so jacob is definitely in the hot seat for this yeah because he fucking did it that wheel oh (laughs) he's just still go to jail um, so Jacob is immediately brought in for questioning, and Jacob claims that on the night of the murder, he was 30 minutes away at a bar with some friends. But the medical examiner is like, um, time of death could have been anywhere between 9 p.m. and 3 a.m., and that alibi does not account for that entire time frame. Boys' night ain't gonna cover your ass. Yeah, and I thought it was a boys' night. Um, it was actually who's hanging out with two ladies. 
Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, he's a piece of shit. We don't know if he did it, but he is a piece of shit. You just told me he didn't do it. You said, well, in your voice. We well, he fucking did it. Whatever. Uh, okay, so investigators go back to the evidence. They know whoever did this is probably someone Christina knew, but also that they probably lived close by because they didn't have any shoes on. So, like, oh, yeah, that's fair. So they were either comfortable enough being in the house to take off their shoes. Or, or they maybe just they walked didn't... over like a neighbor. Yeah, or maybe they didn't have shoes in the first place. So, like, what does this mean? So, you remember the hamburger buns? How could I forget? <laughs> so, investigators found the little plastic clip thing from the bottom of the bag on the floor of the bathroom. Meaning that the bag was probably opened in the bathroom. Yeah. S- still don't have the bag. So, this leads investigators to think that the killer used the bag to put the knife in, which is weird. <laughs> But like, That's odd, yeah. What other explanation could there possibly be? I mean, she be? is like in the middle of moving, so maybe like plastic or towels or whatever are still packed up. So that yeah. was the easiest thing that they had, and they were rushing. Yeah, but they so they took the knife but left their footprints. It's so stupid, <laughs> so dumb. Oh man. Okay, it just doesn't really make any sense one way or the other. Because if I was worried about leaving the evidence, there was a palm print and the footprints. So I don't. I don't know. It's stupid. Not bright. Yeah. So with Jacob on the back burner for now, investigators turn their attention to that friend who found Christina mm-hmm. and climbed in through the window. And this friend is named Todd Hale, and he's 32, and he's been friends with Christina for a while now. He's 12 years older than her. He is. Well, okay. So Christina actually lived with Todd and his girlfriend for a while because Christina was really good friends with the girlfriend's daughter. So... Sorry, <laughs> that was really confusing. Got uh, it. But she lived with her friend, Todd's the dad. Okay, Or got the it. boyfriend of her mom. Got it, okay. Why is that so confusing? So confusing. Uh, there's got to be an easier way to say it. But basically that. he's like a, like a family friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of, I guess, not really. Yeah, so, I don't know. They also look into Christina's neighbor, Carlos Robinson, and he's the guy who made the 911 call. I'd like to report death. Yeah, so... Fucking strange. Very, very odd. So both of these men knew Christina, and they'd both helped her move into her new home three days prior. She lived there for three days and then was murdered, which is so sad. So investigators are a little suspicious of Todd's claim that he had climbed in through this window because there was a TV stand with, like, picture frames, tchotchkes, a couple oh, flower vases. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing in the world, a tchotchke. Um, a couple flower vases, and it was directly under this window. Like, directly under it. And Todd is a big dude. Um, Well, he's not big, but he's super tall. And they're thinking, how could he have possibly fit through this window? And not knocked anything (laughs) over either. Yeah. Uh, They showed a photo of it. And I was like, that's hard to, that would be really hard to do. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the investigators said that he'd have to be an acrobat to do that without disturbing anything on this TV stand. So investigators go back to the house and they have Todd demonstrate how he got into the apartment. So they're all standing there, and Todd takes the screen off the window again and climbs in through the window. No problem. What? <laughs> he gets himself right over. It's like no issue. Doesn't knock off a single thing. That's impressive. That's cat-like reflexes. <laughs> I know. And it, well, not Lennon's reflexes. Yeah. She, she would knock all that shit over. <laughs> she would have. Uh, but the investigators are like, wow. He did that, and, and he was able to do it, and he had on steel-toed boots. That's really and he impressive. Still did it and didn't knock anything off. It was crazy. Um, so the investigators were very impressed by Todd. All right. <laughs> Go, Todd. Uh, he's still not off the hook, but they are impressed by him. So 
So now they kind of put Todd on the back burner and they're going to bring in Christina's new neighbor, Carlos, for questioning. Carlos goes down to the station. He's being very helpful and cooperative, but then he does something kind of weird. Um, whenever the detectives leave the room and they're still like video filming yeah, him. like watching him or whatever. Um, Carlos gets down on the floor and starts praying. Okay. Which is... A little odd. To do in the middle of a police station? Maybe he's just under a lot of stress? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, so strange. So, we have the ex-boyfriend, Jacob Hadley, and then we have the friend who found her, Todd Hale, and now we have the neighbor who called into 911, Carlos Robinson. Who fucking did it? <laughs> the boyfriend. Ah! Oh, we're about to find out. Okay, so it's time to take a look at the forensics again. So they go back to the bloody footprints. They bring all three subjects back down to the station. So subjects? They can get their... You mean suspects? <laughs> I do mean suspects. <laughs> all three subjects. Math, English, and history. <laughs> oh, God damn it. So they bring all three subjects. So they bring... <laughs> It's like Databass. Databass. (laughs) Okay. So they bring all three suspects back down to the station to get their feet prints taken. Footprints. (laughs) Footprints. God damn it. (laughs) I'm just going to have to nix that entire sentence. Uh, To get their footprints taken. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Uh, I'm going to say it one more time. To get their footprints taken. Okay. There we go. Got it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, Todd goes first. That's the friend. They ink up his feet and they have him walk along this long piece of paper up and down on both sides. So, you're going to walk up one side, turn, and walk down the other side. Jacob goes next, does the same thing, and then we get to Carlos. Carlos. (sighs) So, Todd and Jacob were super willing to do this. Um, but old Carlos, on the other hand, was a little weary, but he finally complies. But he does something super suspicious. <laughs> More sus. This is so stupid. <laughs> he gets his feet inked. <laughs> he walks down one side of the paper. Then he turns around and starts walking over the footprints that he's already made. What? Sir. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> You're an actual moron. <laughs> Uh, and one of the detectives kind of chuckled and he was like, these were not hard instructions to follow. Oh, no. <laughs> like he totally did this on purpose. Uh, oh my God. So they have him go again and they finally get his damn footprints. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he was like, it wasn't hard instructions. Uh, oh man. So they send off all the prints to the forensics labs. Forensics. <laughs> Jesus. This is why we don't do two in a day. Yeah. So they send all the prints off to the forensic lab and guess who they belong to? Carlos. They did. They did belong to fucking Carlos, the next door neighbor. Well, your notes say ducking Carlos. (laughs) They do. I didn't feel like correcting it. Uh, Oh, man. So not only did the footprints match, there were also some palm prints left on the kitchen sink that also matched, as well as DNA from Christina's rape kit. So they definitely know it was Carlos now. How fucked up is that? Like you move into a new apartment, starting your new life with just you and your baby, gonna give him, you know, out of that toxic situation, and then you got a toxic ass neighbor that murders you. Yeah, three days in. He helped her move. So I don't talk to my neighbors. They ain't entering my house. No, you're not 
allowed over here. I don't mm. think so. Mm-mm. No. Oh, man. Yeah. So they bring in Carlos again. And they get him into the interrogation room, and now Carlos is saying that he and Christina were in a consensual sexual relationship. They've known each other for three days. <laughs> three days! I don't think so. And that he'd actually found Christina's body several hours before her friend Todd did, but he was too scared to do anything about it, and that he was not the killer. Oh, you just happened to track blood all over her house? Yeah, and that he didn't call the police because he's a man of color and didn't want to be wrongfully accused of Christina's murder. Which, you know what, that's understandable, fair. but you fucking did it. Yeah, but you did do it. You did. You done did it fucked up. You done fucked up, Carlos. <laughs> yeah. Carlito? Carlito? That's oh, you going... Carlos at at and Oh, you going to Policito? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Ugh. So, they're trying to find an alibi for Carlos, but he was home alone with his children the night of the murder. His children was there? Yeah. Not his children was there. I think his he had... were there? I think he has four kids. I believe. And he did it in front of her kid, too. Yeah. And a wife. He has a wife, too. Wife, four kids, <laughs> and he murdered her in front of her kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this is so fucked up. So, yeah, his wife was out of town, so he doesn't really have an alibi. But I wouldn't I guess, alibi his ass, either. Yeah, I guess the kids were asleep, maybe? I mean, if it's late at night. Yeah, I don't from, know. If it's from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m., that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. No alibi. So now the prosecution has to convince a jury that this man, who Christina had known for three days, had brutally assaulted and murdered her, opposed to her abusive ex-boyfriend, who had literally shot her with a pellet gun a year and a half earlier. What, what is, why? Like, you've known her for three days. Why would you murder her? Exactly. Like, what? It would make so much more sense if this was Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> like, 100%. What? I know. But then investigators find a new piece of evidence and they weren't sure if it was going to help the investigation or hinder it. But here we go. We're going back to the hamburger buns. Back to the buns. <laughs> Have you seen that episode of um, Bob's Burgers where they sing the bun song? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know it? I don't can know we it sing by it? heart. I don't oh. know by heart, no. But I have seen that episode. I, I can sing it for you. I don't remember cartoons, <laughs> but I always remember murder shows. And I remember cartoons. Yeah. I remember stupid shit. We complete each other. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to sing the whole thing, but it ends with bun bun. Bun bun. <laughs> I'm going to call Dustin favorite. that. <laughs> oh, he, we'll, we sing it together. Oh, okay. We'll have to do it next time we record an episode. Okay. Uh, okay, so back to the buns. There seems to be some sort of weird indentation, and they aren't sure what it is at first, but upon further investigation, they discover that it's a big toe print. Oh, he stepped on it. Stepped on the bun, along with the top of the foot and the second and third toes, which is bonkers. <laughs> like Weird. You okay. Can, yeah, it, it's you can literally see the ridges of the foot in the bun, with, just not even with the mi microphone. I bet you I know what he did. Okay, so he he murders her. He's got the knife in his hand. He's like, fuck, I gotta take this knife with me. He runs to the kitchen, grabs a bag of buns off the counter, and he opens the thing in the bathroom, just like flails the buns out of the bag and sticks them in there. Yes. Oh. But like, why? I would honestly just like, <laughs> just stick the knife in your pants and like, I know. leave. And later we'll find out that he did that because he didn't want the blood to be dripping and to leave a trail back to his house but like but you have bloody footprints <laughs> you could have just left the knife there <laughs> i don't know 
fuck? This okay. Man, this man's a moron. I don't fucking know. Um. Oh. So the bread saved the day. It did. Bread saves the day once again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So this footprint that was in the bread is Carlos's again. And uh, one of the investigators pointed out that it was a good thing that the buns were fresh. Because if they had been stale, they probably would not have been able to get a footprint from it. Oh, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, because it would have just been crunchy. Yeah. I mean, even if you leave, I think I left one of the biscuits out for breakfast this morning and it was like hard within like two hours. Yeah. So this was a fresh bun. Can you imagine receiving a piece of evidence to exam at the forensics lab? And, and it's, it's a, like a, it's like a, it's a hamburger, hamburger bun, bun with a bloody toe on it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, that'd be so funny. That would make my day. So Carlos Robinson murdered his neighbor that he knew for three days and who he had helped moved into her new home. And here is what investigators believe happened the night of the murder. So... We kind of already covered it, but here's the the entire rundown. So, he had walked to Christina's home, barefoot. He knocked on the door. Christina let him in. Probably tried to make some sort of sexual advance towards Christina. She turned him down. They began to argue. He hit her over the head with a frying pan, knocking out one of her teeth, drug her into the bathroom, sexually assaulted her, cut her throat, put her in the bathtub, filled it up with water, grabbed onto the sink, leaving that bloody handprint behind. Like you said, didn't want to leave the knife behind, so he walked into the kitchen with his bloody feet, grabbed the bag of buns, dumped the buns onto the floor, put the knife in the bag, and then stepped on a bun as he walked out. <laughs> He's a fucking like, idiot. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. And, his, and her baby's just in the yeah, living room Corbin this entire was time. in the house. Oh, man. It's so convoluted and random it's so random yeah he probably like had been fantasizing about that for like maybe years, years decades and he was just like waiting for some single woman to move into his like apartment complex and then he's like did, yeah did that i know uh, so why did this happen what could have possibly led this random man to kill christina so carlos stated that he was afraid that his wife would leave him if she found out from christina that he'd made sexual advances towards her so he killed her no so he admits to um he admits that they to... didn't have a sexual relationship because he made advances advances uh -huh. does not mean we had sex exactly so he kind of uh digs himself into a hole on that one good job carlos yeah this man's so fucking stupid um so yeah so that's why he that was the whole reason as to why he killed her because he didn't want his wife finding out because she would leave him and now you're going to jail <laughs> and now you're going to jail without your wife or your four kids. kids yeah so 30 year old carlos he's 30 <laughs> like oh my god so he's 30 years old and he was charged and convicted with the first degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole at the iowa state penitentiary bye, bye. felicia yeah. Oh, okay. And that reporter. <laughs> that, you goes, that you don't like? Yeah. She comes back one more time uh, to make one final appearance and she kind of redeems herself. And she says, quote, it was not one little thing that convicted him. It was a whole bunch of little things in a big old hamburger bun. End quote. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, still don't True like though. her. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um. Okay. So I did some like side research, just tried to get like a little bit more information on this. And I got a little update. So a lot of people on the internet, you know, armchair detectives, think that Carlos was wrongfully convicted and that the evidence was not concrete enough. 
and that the rape kit that was performed did find DNA from Carlos, but apparently there was also DNA from another own unknown person. That just means she had sexual intercourse with somebody that was probably consensual. Exactly. Because, I mean, I don't know how long it stays in there. I don't know if you there. guys know this, but women, <laughs> they can have sex with whoever they want. Yeah, they sure it's can. Weird. It's weird. <laughs> I know. They sure can. Yeah, it's uh that was a revelation. Thank you for that. You're so welcome. <laughs> that is a uh, PSA. Yeah. Um so this unknown DNA, this person's never been identified and Carlos put in a request for it to be tested, but that was denied. So like he still fucking he did, did it. it. His bloody footprints are all over the place yeah. and he admitted to killing her. He said I killed her so that my wife wouldn't find out. Exactly. Like you already said that you did it. <laughs> but there was all these threads and like people online were like, "I don't know." Oh, it oh, uh, doesn't sound like Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's like he did it. Guys, everyone calm down. Um, before you start your fun facts, yeah. I have a funny story that I thought about when you're talking about tchotchkes. <gasps> oh, okay. So I'd never called them tchotchkes. I think it's just a Midwest thing because Whitney calls them that too. <laughs> but one time when baby Katniss was a baby baby, Whitney and I had to go out of town immediately for like, I think it was a funeral. Yeah. And Scarlett babysat her for us. <laughs> I did. And Katniss was probably six months old, I think. She was still a baby baby. <laughs> yeah. And Katniss was a sweet little angel the entire time. Whereas at home, she was the devil. Satan herself. Satan herself. The devil's <laughs> reincarnate. I don't know. She was yeah. fucking bad. Yeah. Now she's just a little angel at Scarlet's house. Well, Scarlet, she saw them tchotchkes on her, on her shelf. And she's like, I'm going to break one of them. Which she did. <laughs> And Scarlett was like, shit, there's glass everywhere. I got to put you in your little your little crate so you don't cut your little your little toe beans. That was the end of it. That was it. That she was it. She fucking hated me. After that, <laughs> she hated Scarlett. She wrecked her life she after that. She hated me. And everything was fine for the first, like, three days. Yeah, we were gone for, like, four or five days. I was like, she's, like, the best cat ever. And you were like, no, she's not. And no, I was like, but not. she is. <laughs> I was like, no. She's what did actually... she break? It was, I know it was a tchotchke, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, damn. Oh, I think I it was know. one of your skull things. But the skeleton things? Uh, oh, my yoga skeleton. Yes, yeah, that's what that it was. That could have been it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I put her in her crate because I didn't want her to cut herself. It wasn't because I was mad at her. Yeah, you just didn't want her to cut herself because there's shit everywhere that she broke. And so I cleaned it up and I let her out and it was nope. World War Z. <laughs> she was <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> She hates that damn crate still. I, I betrayed her trust. Try putting her in the car in that. Oh, God. She, she's like bouncing bit, off the walls. She bitches the entire time. <laughs> oh, she's so needy. She is. She really, She's real pissed off at us right now. We brought another cat to the house. I know. Will she ever get over it? She looks, I call her the warden because we have that baby <laughs> gate and she looks through the gate so pissed off and angry, like shooting daggers into my back. <laughs> And she just looks like a prison warden. Oh, Kitty Katniss. The warden and yeah. manager of Hotel Lulu. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's really funny. I forgot about that. Um, Yeah. She fucking hates me, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she likes you now. Yeah. She she did not like me then, though. Um. Okay. So, for our fun fact section, we can't not talk about hamburger buns. Well, I already did hamburgers. Yeah, in Metheny. In Metheny's episodes. You can't do those. You got to do buns. Yeah. Oh, so here's some hamburger bun facts. They were invented in 1916 by a fry cook named Walter Anderson. And five years later, he co-founded White Castle. I've never heard of it. I've 
Oh my god. I'm just kidding. Okay, good. I, was, I don't like White Castle, <laughs> but I've heard of it. I fucking love White Castle. My sister Abby <laughs> also loves White Castle. It's so good. And it's disgusting. And we don't it's have so one gross. here, and it's so sad. So gross. Although I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said that they might build a crystal here. Yeah, and if that's they'd... even worse. Oh, it's even better. That's worse. <laughs> oh my god. I don't want that. I want a Whataburger yeah. here. Oh, they're, they're, they're building one in Anderson, so we have to make a little trip up there. Oh, I thought Dustin said they were going to make one here somewhere. They should make one here. They should. Yeah. Um. But yes, White Castle is life. Every time I drive to Louisville, that's my first stop. <laughs> it's fucking White Castle. No. Uh, okay. Um. So that's where hamburger buns came from. Yes. Hold on. Okay. Now these, the ones that he made, are the ones that we know and love today. But in 1880, Fletcher Davis made a hamburger patty and served it between two slices of bread. A that's, patty melt. That's technically a patty melt. That's a patty Not melt. Not a hamburger. Hamburger buns <laughs> are different. Yeah. Uh, and then in 1891, Oscar Weber Bilby made the first quote-unquote hamburger. But his bread was a roll, so that doesn't count either. No, that's, so, just, that's a sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, so the co-founder of White Castle is the hamburger bun creator. Yeah, so if it's on a roll, that's a sandwich. Yes. If it's on bread, that's a patty melt. Yes. I'm glad we've just... And you didn't even serve me hamburgers today. And if it's on a bun... I mean, if it's... (laughs) It's on a bun, it's a bun. (laughs) If it's a bun, it's a bun, it's a bun. Bun's a bun, it's a bun. Bun bun. I was gonna say hot dog bun. Bun bun. Bun bun. (laughs) (laughs) I know, Alex requested burgers, but we... Apparently already had dinner plans. Yeah, they plans. already had dinner plans. Fucked up. I know. We'll have to do it next time. Scarlet makes the best hamburgers, guys. They're pretty good. Dustin grows them the best, but Dustin, or Scarlet, like, you know, meshes the meats and all that good stuff. Yeah. It's delicious. Not to toot my own horn. They're but really good. We'll take photos and we'll put them on the gram yep. next time. Because uh... apparently nobody knew what we looked like. <laughs> I guess instead of the... I, Except for the people that know us. Yeah. That was the first picture. We've been doing this for like three months. <laughs> We've never posted a picture. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Um, but yeah, go check us out at... Hashtag Murder Pod. Yeah, spell it all out. And then when we release merch again, you can see it on there. Yeah. Um, we were going to do... No, I'm not even going to say that. It's a surprise. Don't want to get people's hopes up. It's a surprise. Don't you worry. It is. Um. So, yeah. Um. Well, I... What time is it? It's 9.15. I gotta go home. I'm about to turn into a pumpkin. I gotta go home and <laughs> play with my kitten. Not not in a dirty way. Fig Newton. Little Fig Newton. <laughs> oh, thank you for clarifying. Yep. His name is Newton Michael. Uh, Michael. Oh, I wanted to name him Michael after Michael Myers. And Whitney said no. So we named him Newt, and I've just been calling him Newton Michael. Because yeah. I've given all of our pets their middle names. Yes. They have their middle names. Lily and Marie. Yeah. And Oliver Sebastian. Yep. They need middle names. <laughs> they They're do. my children. They are. Oh, man. Oh, well, thanks for hanging out. Love, Love you. you. Bye. I really want a burger now. <laughs> Next time. I'm getting one on the way home. <laughs> uh.
Thank you for listening to Hashtag Murder. Episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton. Our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton. Our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker. And our name was created by the most wonderful, supportive, and super hot boyfriend, Dustin Branton. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G murderpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> no water. Wine's fine. Okay. She's not a man. <laughs> not a toaster. Okay. No. Uh, we're going to get there. Live, laugh, toaster bath, it's baby. Bad. Live, laugh, toaster bath. <laughs> Did you just make that up? No, it's on a t-shirt. Oh. oh, that's dark. That's funny. That's not something they would sell at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> the Hop Lob. Oh, man. Um. Okay. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Why? You know what's not happened in this episode? Dustin has not interrupted us with a phone call or knock at the door. That's true. We did see him that's on the shocking. doorbell, though. <laughs> yeah, talking to Kiara. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, good job, honey. Although we're only 15 minutes into this one. There's still, still time. time. still got time, <laughs> um, Because Christina was really good friends with... Oh, hold on. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to shut that door. That was it's creepy. A, it's a Damon. Scar's door just opened on her own, so um, if we get murdered, it was the ghosty. Maybe it was the neighbor's bats. Oh, it was like hard to close. Okay. No, no. All right, we're good. <laughs> Which dog is that? Lily. Oh, Lily. Oh, she's so sad. That's <clears throat> my daddy. I know. She she can't be left alone. Um. Sorry, we interrupt this for a quick cat video. Oh, there he goes. He oh, looks, he just, looks bigger already. He's gotten four ounces bigger in a week. Oh, fat Whoa. tushy. He's gonna look just like Katniss. <laughs> <laughs> he got a big old butt.